Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang. On this podcast, I'll be introducing you to real-world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to inspire you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right, we're live, and I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. On today's episode, I interview a certified strength and conditioning specialist, an online muscle coach, founder of 23 Hours, the host of the 23 Hours podcast, author of the free arm training secrets ebook, and masters of education graduate, empowering professionals to use their one hour a day of physical fitness as a catalyst for growth in the other 23 hours of their lives. Welcome to the winner circle, Tyler Gerds. <laughs> hey, Derek. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while since we last connected at the Onnit Gym, um, where you're doing your practicum uh, in Austin, Texas. So I'm excited to catch up. Yeah, man, me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation today for sure. So there's so much craziness going on in the world right now. And I like to keep this podcast light, positive and inspiring. So that, that leads to our first question. And that is Tyler Gertz. What do you love about the world right now? In particular, what do you love about your world right now? Uh, that's a good question. Um, first of all, that intro made me sound probably way cooler and way better than I actually am. So anybody listening to this, uh, let's bring it down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm Tyler Gers. I live in Austin. And um, one thing that I love about the world right now, I would say, is the ability for us to connect, right? Like, despite maybe closed downs where people live or lockdowns, and, you know, we're about a year and a half into this pandemic thing, people are still finding ways to connect and take care of their mental health um, and their physical health as well, which I think is extremely uh, important, obviously, but at the same time, it's cool that we're able to still do that. So I love that, that factor, um, finding the positive, as you said, when we were talking before the show, the positive and the negatives that are kind of consuming a lot of people right now. Um, and, and about my world, I live in Texas, I live in America, so I'm thankful for that. Um, you know, just to have, to be free and, and to just have opportunity and to be able to, you know, spend a Saturday afternoon on a podcast with a guy like you talking about uh, mindset, motivation, health, winning, positivity, inspiration. I'm thankful for that for sure. Grateful, grateful. I'm thankful to have you on. So I feel it's so important for us to recognize our mission. Companies have missions, corporations have missions, and we as individuals ought to have missions, I believe, as our guiding principle, as our guiding light in all things that we do, whether that be our personal life or professional life and everywhere is in between. So my question to you, Tyler, is what is your current mission here on this reality plane? That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, mission is important. Um, I get kind of confused just so you, I want to pre-frame like with mission and like objective and vision and goals, right? It's like, which, you know, where does that kind of come from? So I'll just kind of give you like a general answer, but my, my primary objective or mission right now with, um, with my life, um, is my girlfriend's also an entrepreneur like myself. Um, my girlfriend has been growing her business, um, just to give you some backstory, um, for about two years called zero quit. And she's trying to bridge the gap between mental health and fitness. 
because she really values mental health and she has an incredible story with that um, depression, anxiety, stuff like that. Um, and you guys can check out zero quit if you would like. But with that being said, I bring this up because my primary objective right now is just business. It really is like mission. I'm a huge lifestyle person, right? So I understand that, you know, what I do in the gym obviously impacts the other 23 hours of my life. That's what keeps me showing up. Okay. That's great. But the other 23 hours of my life right now is almost entirely consumed with business, which is just kind of the stage in life that I'm in. And, and the reason I'm able to do that and I bring up Rania is because she's on the same journey. So that helps out a ton, Derek. Like I, I just pre-frame with, with that and provide that backstory because I'm fortunate to be in the position that I'm in with my significant other, you know, being supportive of it and, and being almost on the same journey that I am in almost the same industry too. So it's just been really cool, man. And that's my mission is to grow 23 hours to serve 10,000 clients within the next two years. Um, virtually online and, and, and help people, uh, you know, define more meaning to their fitness journey by attaching it to the other 23 hours and the value that it brings to it. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So this podcast is called Welcome to the Winner Circle because it's in my belief that we could all be winners. And what a winner means to you is someone that is pursuing their dreams, um, going for what their inner heart, their soul is calling for them to do. And so often I see individuals saying, I, I can't do, I can't be that person. Like they have all, they have all this going for them. But to me, a winner is someone that just steps into that. Yes. And embraces the process over the destination. We live in a very destination, destination oriented society. When I get this job, when I get this career, when I make six figures, et cetera, et cetera, then I'll be happy. But when we get there, then it's always that feeling of now what? And it's the journey. It's the journey that I'm trying to encourage people to really delight in and savor. What does going for your win mean to you, Tyler? And what does your win look like for you today? Wow. That's so good, man. Like that, <laughs> what you just said, so good. Uh, and I resonate with that so much. Um, that's definitely for me as well. Um, you know, process over product is kind of what I like to say. And happiness is obtained in what you become, not what you get, right? You get true fulfillment from what you become in the process of chasing that dream, um, enabling you to, to, to celebrate and be aware of what you're becoming. I think so many people, and this is something that I had to change, you know, even with the previous jobs that I had or the career paths that I was taking at the time, it was what am I going to get from this was my mindset. And that's not a winner's mindset in my, in my opinion, a winner's mindset. And I found this from a mentor um, that I was fortunate to meet in my early twenties is what will I become here? And I think so many people are constantly focused on what they're going to get and they neglect the true value of what they're becoming. And it's, you know, the greatest value in life is not what you get, it's what you become. And that's just kind of like my, my philosophy of a winner, honestly. And there can be so many different contexts for that. But when you approach it from that level of self-awareness, I think that you're able to celebrate a lot more of the small wins, even if you're not making any money, even if you're not able to pay your bills, even if you're, you know, going through small bouts of depression or anxiety or self-doubt you still think of that as a positive thing because you're not asking like, Hey, I'm, I'm not getting what I wanted from this. 
right? You, mm -hmm. You're just focusing on the person that you're trying to become. Mm -hmm. So one thing that strikes me about you, Tyler, is you're a very humble guy. And you may not like this next question because we're going to celebrate your wins. Um, you've accomplished a lot. And there's so much that um, I'm sure you're proud of. And I'd like you to kind of just talk about some of those things. What have some been your biggest wins that you've accomplished on your journey thus far? What are you most proud of that you've done? Yeah, man, I appreciate the, you know, calling me a humble person. That means a lot. I, I strive to be that. Um, there's three words that I try and repeat to myself every day. And it's empathetic, okay, or compassionate. I think those are both kind of the same thing. Loving and humble. Those are kind of three words that I try and live by because that's the person that I'm trying to become, right? I want to be the person that's known as that. So for you to say that, thank you very much. That means a lot. Um, to celebrate any wins I've had, man, in the past, um, I, I can't start talking about that until I talk about failures, you know, because I think social media and podcast and, and these platforms that everybody consumes media from nowadays are only highlighting the positives. And I think it's destroying our worlds and our, and our, the next generation's mental health because they're seeing everybody else's wins and they're constantly being fed that on their newsfeed 24 seven, right? Nobody's posting about the failed business. Nobody's posting about the week that they didn't go to the gym because they were couldn't even get out of bed in the morning because they felt so depressed. Nobody's talking about those things. So we're constantly seeing other people's successes. And we have this false hope that like, yo, like you said it, I can't be that person because that person has something that I don't have because I feel like shit right now. Right. And I, I want to start and talk about failures first, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I mean, in 2019, I had a business failure when I left on it um, to pursue kind of my passion of, of running my own company. Um, I failed the first time I did it uh, for a year and a half. I built a gym management company with some great guys. I partnered with a company called Infinite Pursuit and uh, we opened up another branch of the company that I was responsible for. And when COVID hit in March of 20, 2020, um, we had been rocking and rolling for probably about you know, 15 months at the time. And we were just at the point to where we were going to start, you know, running a profitable business and the future looked really bright and I was super excited. And then COVID hit, they shut down the gyms for four months in Texas, three months in Texas. And that's where the majority of our accounts were. And uh, everything changed, right? Everything changed. And we pivoted, we adapted. I got with the uh, primary owner of that business and helped him and uh, one of his right-hand mans kind of developed like a virtual solution so that we could continue to make money. And when we came back and the gyms opened back up, I was like, all right, gym management, let's go. We're back on. And I went back with the same passion and the same intensity. And it wasn't the same. Like I, something was either wrong with me and I take full responsibility for it or I, maybe I was faking it, but I failed. Like we didn't make any money back. We I had to stop the company. Like it, it was a business failure. Right. So I start with that because I think, you know, I had done network marketing before that too. And I miserably failed at that. When I was at on it, I was in a network marketing company and I met a lot of great people and became a better person by being a part of that. No doubt about it. And I'll always be thankful for that experience, but I've miserably failed at that too. Like I, I, I burnt a lot of relationships at the time 
I ran a lot of people off on accident in my life. And all of that was kind of like the process to me starting 23 hours and understanding like, Hey, I need to come from a place of service to, to the many if I want to truly be great and truly be a winner. And that's when I started 23 hours and started seeing some success with like, you know, serving one-on-one clients virtually, which I think a lot of fitness coaches are doing right now. But I've kind of added another leg to that to attach personal growth to people's fitness plans, which is really what I'm more passionate about than anything. And I think that's the reason why I'm on this podcast with you discussing this today. That's been a huge win for me. Like just to be able to, to, to serve people through a different avenue than other than just fitness and nutrition. And that's probably been the biggest win for me, Derek. Other than that, man, it's just, you know, I still got to show up every day and I still got to perform and I got to come from a high level of service to other people. And it's challenging, but it is really rewarding and it's extremely fun. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I also think a big win of yours was going for those businesses, going for that failed business. Because so many people, they have that idea, they have that calling and fear stops them before even trying. So I think that's a win that you even tried that and you even like that you were even able to fail, that you allowed yourself to fail um, by going for it, by trying it. So what would be your advice for people that feel that calling? They want to start that business. They want to do that career change. They want to move cities. They want to step into that unknown but they're paralyzed by fear. They're paralyzed by that fear of failure um, and all that comes with stepping in to that unknown. Wow. That Yeah. So what would be your advice for those? Because you are someone that steps in again yeah, and man. again. Well, it looks like that, right? Like, and it's funny when you tell a story like that, it's easy for people to just be like, man, that guy just, he doesn't have any fear. Like he just has that thing. And I would just, I would just tell those people, like, if you have that initial thought, right, you have that initial reaction to an external stimuli, that's probably some sort of limiting belief. And this isn't your fault. Like we all have these belief systems deep, deep down, like ingrained into our hardware, right? And ultimately that's where personal growth comes in is it's kind of like our responsibility to be aware of that and be like, Hey, why do I view that guy as more than what I am, right? Why, why do I view and say that, you know, he has more than I have? That, the, the root cause behind that could be the very reason why they're fearful of taking that step, if that makes sense. They have a mm-hmm. deep belief system that is subconsciously convincing them that they are a failure or that they are going to fail if they take that step. And that's where fear comes in, right? So like the thing that I kind of, I just preach to people, man, is like faith, right? Faith over fear 100% of the time. And I'm, I'm personally like a, a man of faith, right? So whatever you believe in, um, a higher power is, is okay. Um, I happen to be a Christian, right? So like when I, when I pour into like scripture or ancient literature or the Bible, one of my favorite texts of all time a lot of it is, is kind of talking you through that mindset and how to build like a, a bigger belief system that supports faith over fear. Now, some of the other things that I've done, Derek, to help people is like, you know, read more, read more or listen to podcasts, listen to the winner's circle by Derek Pang, listen to um, other people that are, that are sharing positive insight and other people's stories so that you can start convincing yourself that you truly do have everything that's, that it will take 
for you to take that step. And once you build up enough belief and enough supporting um, evidence for your mind to start thinking differently, you'll start taking different action. And that's ultimately kind of what I try and get people to understand is like read, listen, watch different content, feed your brain stuff that makes you want to move and eventually you'll move. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one thing that you mentioned you're passionate about is uh, personal growth. Can you define what you mean by personal growth and how do you inspire others to attend to their personal growth? Absolutely. Um, so personal growth, I guess, can be uh, synonymous with personal development. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of get it mixed up with professional development, which is totally cool too. Like I, I support that as well, right? But there came a point for me um, when I was at actually probably at on it and I was in my master's program at, at Texas um, studying exercise science and nutrition and I had gotten a bachelor's degree in exercise science and nutrition Derek there became a point where it was like hey how many more books and seminars are you going to attend on this topic because you're really you know this really well right and that's that self-awareness I was like okay I'm really starting to put together some pieces here but why am I not having the level of impact that I desire? Like, why am I not able to help people with this information? And that's when I had to come outside of professional development, which was my primary field of interest, right? That skill set, exercise and nutrition, you got to know it. If you're going to be a trainer, you have to be an expert there, right? But more importantly, and I think like, you know, Brett Cont Contreras, I think is his name. He has like the mm -hmm. conscious coaching book and it talks about psychology of coaching, right? And then you kind of come outside of that and you're like, well, how do I communicate more effectively? And you come outside of that and you're like, well, how do I work on my mindset so that the people that I'm around view me as a leader? Well, how do, what's leadership? How do I lead a team, right? There's all these other skills that you can develop outside of like that wheelhouse. So like personal growth for me, when I tapped into stuff outside of exercise and nutrition is when I started having the level of impact that I, that I desired. It's when I was able to more effectively communicate ideas online. It's when I was able to more effectively uh, add value to the relationships that I was involved with, whether it be with like my clients or with like my girlfriend or my parents or my brothers, it just made me a better person. So that's where personal growth kind of comes in for me and how I define it is like, you're, you're once again, you identify what skill sets you need to learn or grow into to become the person that you want to be in the future. That's what personal growth is for me. So you have to have a vision of what you want for your future and the person you want to become. And then you can start studying those skill sets so that you're taking action towards actually achieving that person, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So let's hit the rewind button and let's trace it back to your origin story what got you to where you are now with all this knowledge of coaching, leadership, business, personal growth, and your 23 hour um, brand. So let's, where did this come from? What brought you to where you are today? Yeah, man, big question. And once again, just want to say like, I'm not an expert. Like I don't, I still don't consider myself an expert in any field. Like there's, I'm a, I'm a lifelong student. I'll always be learning and always be growing. And I would just recommend anybody else to have that mindset too, because once you consider yourself an expert, you're, you're likely to, to fall off the top of the mountain because you start kind of letting the balls drop on certain habits that got you to where you, where you are now. And you always have to be climbing another mountain because there's 
millions of other people in this world that are trying to do the same thing that you and I are trying to do, Derek, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds super competitive and it sounds super, um, you know, externally focused, but that's also a huge motivator for a lot of people is like, we do live in a capitalistic economy in America and in Canada too. And capitalism is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the world. If you study history, it's a competitive marketplace. Like you have to continuously grow and learn and find new ways to add value to others. And that's just, that's just a belief that I have. Right. So if you, if you vibe with that, great, if not, no worries, you can go move to, to North Korea and see how that's working for him. But, um, you know, you asked that question, like, what's my backstory and how did I get to where I am now? The reason I brought that up is because like, I've always had that, um, I wouldn't say chip on my shoulder, but I've always had that awareness. That's like, you know, you gratitude coming from a place of gratitude. It's like, Hey, Derek and Tyler, right. We were born in one of the greatest times to be alive. Okay. Arguably with more opportunity than anybody probably in the history of humankind has ever had with all of these platforms that we get to use for free to communicate our ideas and our passions with others. What excuse do we have to not make this happen? Right? So I, I came from that place many, many years ago where I, I, I finally had believed like I can truly do whatever I want to do if I'm willing to put the work in and I'm willing to commit and be consistent. And, and that's kind of what started my journey. So I just wanted to share that because like anybody can, can change their belief system to believe that right now. And maybe they're not, maybe they're suffering, maybe they're in pain, maybe they have external, which a ton of people do, maybe they have external circumstances that are oppressing them, right? Maybe they don't live in a free capitalistic economy. Maybe their government's shutting down their, their grocery stores or their gyms, right? And, and if you're in that place right now, then I think you just need to continue listening to Derek's podcast because you need stuff like this. You got to keep buying into like the positive side of things. Like you said, Derek, when we were conversating before we started, you were like, man, it's been tough. Like Canada has been super strict and all of that. And I've just been looking at it from a positive perspective as much as I possibly can. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's truly all you can control. So I respect you for that big time, man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you talked about your girlfriend's Ronza's business, Zero Quit, where she bridges the gap between mental health and fitness. How do you currently bridge the gap between your mental health and your fitness? Yeah, man, that's a huge question, but it's, it's pretty simple. You know, like um, most coaches in the industry, and this is really why I created 23 Hours, um, most coaches, most influencers in our industry you know, really focus on that one hour. And they talk about like, you know, the training philosophies you can use and, and do this exercise and not that exercise. And if this is your goal, then this is what you need to do in 30 minutes a day or, and it, all that stuff's great, ton of value there. But what nobody I think is, is really talking about is the, the things that go on in the other 23 hours of your day that massively, massively influence the results that you get from that one hour. And it's kind of a double-edged sword. If I, if I neglect that one hour a day, then I'm, I'm likely to start seeing some other habits in those other 23 hours also start to be become neglected, if that makes sense. So my mental health, what keeps me going back to the gym, if there's one primary reason, 
for me to continuously be aware of my health and take care of my long-term health, it's the simple fact that if I don't do that on a daily basis and I neglect that one hour, I'm less successful in business. I'm less successful in my relationships. I, I don't have less energy. I can't even get flowers on the way home for my girlfriend because I'm so tired. I just want to go home and go to bed, right? Like there's little things that people don't think about. And that's how I take care of my mental health is, is, is that gym session, right? So I'm attaching more meaning to that one hour. And through that, I've been extremely consistent over almost a decade with my workouts. And I've achieved amazing results for myself in terms of physical physique and also physical health. And then some of the ancillary benefits to that are also mental health. Like I'd say I'm, I'm pretty healthy up top, which I'm very thankful for. Mm -hmm. So physical exercise and physical fitness is the number one thing that we could do for our brain, for our brain health. Um, yet so many people do not attend to it. We live in the most overweight, obese society ever. Um, today's children are the least active of any children and they have a less life expectancy than the parents for the first time ever. Um, one thing that stops people from attending to their physical fitness and other things that they know that would benefit them is resistance. Stephen Pressfield talks about resistance as the negative force in the world that keeps us from fulfilling our dreams and our best selves. How do you overcome resistance something that we come up against day and day again and again. Wow. I love that resistance. That's a great way to, to view it, man. Um, what'd you say that guy's name was? Steven Pressfield. Yeah. He has, has a book, the art of war. It's a great, it's a great quick read. I'm writing it. I down. highly that's recommend awesome. it. Yeah. That's an old school book, isn't it? No, that's the war of art. Um, and his is the art of war. Oh, okay. It's all about overcoming resistance. It's, it's a really great book. The chapters are like one page, even some are a few sentences. And it just talks all about that resistance and how to overcome. And you, resistance usually manifests in all the things that lead to our better selves, whether that be physical exercise or meditation practice or starting a new job. Um, things that our heart calls resistance gets in the way because it's a method of keeping us safe. It keeps, it's keeping us safe in our known worlds. Even if our known worlds are terrible, most people stay there because at least they know what's going to happen tomorrow and the day after. Um, so resistance is something that we, we need to really be aware of so that we can overcome it. So how do wow. you overcome, how do you overcome that that voice in your head that holds you back or that says don't go to the gym or don't meditate or don't don't send that business email or don't do all the things you know you should do how do you overcome that voice man dude that is a big big question and it's a valid question um i always say every question you ask is literally big like you're you're good at this man um I can't wait to listen to your other episodes too, by the way. I'm trying to catch up on them, but that's so cool. I want to hear other people's responses to these questions and everybody else listening to this should too, because everybody has a different perspective and you can learn from other people's perspectives. And I'm about to give you mine. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So uh, resistance, right? Let's talk about it. So eat, you know, when I was a junior in college, okay, at Texas State University, it was a Tuesday night and I'm sitting in 
a house. We lived in the ghetto. My rent was $300 a month. It was amazing. I was a cheap college student, right? And I was studying exercise science and nutrition. And, you know, if you've listened to my story, like in college, I was in a fraternity. I did the whole nine yards, right? But at the same time, I was still taking care of like my responsibilities and trying to build a successful career as a strength conditioning coach, right? Um, and at that time in my life, my dad actually recommended a book to me. And he was like, hey, you know, you're a junior. Uh, my dad was in a network marketing company at the time trying, you know, he was like 52, 54 years old. He's a federal agent, complete badass, by the way, huge part of my story overall, but he was still growing, still learning, still trying to become more at almost like the retirement age, right? You would consider it. So I really respected the guy, number one for that. And he was like, Hey, Tyler, here's this book. It was called the slight edge by Jeff Olson. And I read it and I, I didn't read a lot of books outside of school at the time when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. I read that book and one of the exercises in that book was a goal setting exercise. Like, Hey, what, what do you want in the next five years, three years, 10 years, you know, like short term, midterm, long-term. And I read that book and I set a goal to become a professional strength conditioning coach, training professional athletes. Okay. And I bring this up because the whole concept of the book is that that resistance thing that you're talking about from Stephen Pressfield, Jeff Olson just says like, hey, what's easy to do is also easy not to do. And that changed my life. Like I, I finally understood it. It was like, okay, so I can take action, small actions every day that'll compound, right? Um, Darren Hardy wrote the book, The Compound Effects, which talks about that. But those little things that are easy to do and easy not to do are compounding either way. They're either working for you or working against you. So I completely understand what you mean when you say resistance, because I think that the, the things that are preventing you from taking the actions that you need to on a daily basis to become the person that you want to become, that's that resistance, right? So how do you overcome that? Well, number one, you have to have a clear vision of what you want. And I think that's what that book, my junior year, you met me, I think three years later, after I read that book. And Derek, I was training professional athletes at Onnit, wasn't I? Yep. Did that happen by chance? No. By hard work. I don't know. Like, look, I, I'm a, like I said, I believe in a higher power. God was a huge part of that, right? I'm a firm believer that if you write it, if you write it on paper, the man upstairs is going to make sure that it happens as long as you're willing to do the work, right? So like what I didn't realize at the time is I had set a new compass. So like, your, your reticular activating system in your prefrontal cortex, we get super sciencey and Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, but it will start recognizing opportunities and things on a daily basis that align with your greater purpose or greater vision. So when I wrote that down my junior year, I started recognizing opportunities that would help me get to that professional strength conditioning coach status. And when my buddy said, hey, there's a front desk position open at the gym in Austin. Do you want to stop being a waiter? And do you want to start being, you know, in, in a gym? I know it's not a training job, but like it's the front desk. And I was like, yes. I just said, yes. I knew it was right for me. It's easy to make decisions on a daily basis when you know what you want. And that's kind of what I'm trying to bring up here is like, you mentioned resistance, well, like if I have a compelling belief that I can become the person I want to become in the future, 
that resistance is gone. It doesn't matter. I don't have to think twice about it. Like my brain recognizes it as an opportunity to become that person and I do it. When somebody asks me, hey, you want to go out late tonight drinking, partying, yada, yada, yada. I don't have to think twice about it anymore. Back then I had to. Heck yeah. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'll be there in 10. Where are we going? Now it's like, no, I don't have to think twice about it because I know what I want and I know who I'm trying to become. And if it doesn't align with that, then I, it's gone. It's like over my head. So I don't know if that, that makes sense, but like, you know, it's really hard to take action and do the right things when you don't know, number one, what you want. And number two, why you want that thing. But if you have a compelling reason to why you want that thing and you have very, very clear vision of what it is, it, it'll be a lot easier to make those decisions on a daily basis to do it and to not neglect it. Mm-hmm. Well, how about for the people that don't know what they want or their why behind that want? How, how do they manifest that knowing? Yeah, manifestation is pretty much what we just talked about, right? Not a new concept. Uh, <laughs> you just said it, manifest, right? Yeah. Um, which is cool because like manifest destiny in America was like westward expansion, I think, right? And at the time, manifestation wasn't being talked about as a, as a tool that you can use to like create and see your dreams become a reality. Mm-hmm. But at the time, they named it that, which I think is so cool because they eventually did do westward expansion and now look at America today. Um, but you ask that question, it's like, what if you don't know what you want, man? And that sucks. Like I've been there a hundred percent. As a matter of fact, when that business tanked in 2020, I didn't know what the next step was. Mm-hmm. I didn't, man. Like I, I truly didn't. There's a period of probably about six months where thank God Rania was here because we were like in and out of lockdown and people were getting COVID. My business had tanked. I didn't have an income. And I decided to, to leave that business, even though they offered me a position to like come on board as just a staff member, because the, it, all of that, like tons of adversity, right? And everything that I thought I had wanted was gone. The business was gone. The dream was gone. And it was like back to literally square one. And I was like, dude, why did I even go and get like a master's degree? I'm not even employable right now because I don't want to get a job. Like, I know that I need to keep going down this path, but now I don't even know where to freaking go. That Mm. sucked. Like, whew, that was tough. Like, I was, honestly, dude, I was fucking depressed for like, you know, many, many months. And I say thank God for Rania and my family too. They're huge, huge support systems in my life. They were able to get me through that time. But I bring that up because like, maybe somebody listening to this doesn't know what they want. Mm. And that is okay. You know what I did, Derek? To, to, to get through that time, what I continued do? working on myself. I just kept doing the habits that I had, had created in my life to continually see progress and who I was becoming. I didn't know who I wanted to, like, I didn't know that I needed to be a leader anymore. I didn't know that I needed to, to study. I, dude, I was studying real estate at one point, right? Like I was studying investing in real estate. And I went and I just obsessively studied everything there was about investing in real estate, right? Bought the book, signed up for some courses, maxed out the credit card. This is the answer, right? So I studied that and I was like, oh man, this takes a lot of money to do that. I don't have any money. All right, I'm gonna go over here. Uh, Digital marketing, okay, everything about this, right? And I kept doing that and I just kept showing up. I didn't quit. I just kept showing up until eventually, literally one day I'm on a phone call 
with a previous coworker, Ryan Steck, who also has his own coaching business and true grit strength. He's a phenomenal guy. And I'm like, Hey man, I just kind of had this revelation today where I was thinking like the other 23 hours have a huge impact on, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he was literally like, dude, what you just said is powerful. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like that whole 23 hours thing. And I was like, that's it. Like, that's it. Right. And at that time I knew, like, I didn't still didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I had something that I was passionate about and something that was unique. And with that, I decided to run with it. I didn't have any other option. It was either go get a job, which I don't even know if like there's jobs available right now, right? Like people are losing their jobs in America like crazy, or I can just put all my passion into this thing. So I just wanted to share that story because like, if you're in that position, Derek, and somebody's listening, I just say, just keep showing up, man. Keep doing the things that you know successful people do, and eventually you'll become successful. It might, might not be in your time frame, but just keep showing up. Mm -hmm. so tell us more about this 23 hour concept let's delve deeper into what that means sure man sure um it's it's still new right like i talk to people every day and and people see it and they're like oh it's awesome like i have the logo you know it's super cool um it's still very novice Uh, it's still very young but Ultimately, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's like, I want to show people how to use that one hour in the gym that they spend on their physical fitness. It doesn't even have to be in the gym. Some people are runners. Cool. I want to show you how to use that as a catalyst for growth in the other 23 hours, right? Like I'm just a firm believer that the, the discipline and the habits that I built through my physical fitness journey are the only reason why I have the resiliency and the passion and the drive and, and, and some of the other skill sets that I have this day, like I developed them in the gym and maybe that's not everybody's story, but I guarantee you, I can show you how to start viewing your physical fitness journey as a way for you to use it as a catalyst for growth in the other 23 hours. And that's kind of like the main thing right now, because personal development, like we've talked about it a lot on this episode, very important, man. Like no matter what you are, you could be a mom, You can be a school teacher, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be a coach, you can be an employee of a big company. It doesn't matter. Like personal growth still matters for you. And that's kind of one of the reasons why 23 hours meant a lot to me early on. And since I started sharing it with, with clients and with customers that I now have acquired over the past few months, like they're really starting to see benefit from it too. So yeah, Mm -hmm. man, that's all I got so far. Yeah, no, I'm excited to continue to watch this business grow of yours. So you couldn't have got here without the help of various mentors and helpers along the way. You've mentioned a mentor that helped you when you're 20. You didn't name him. You also mentioned the profound impact your dad has had on you. So let's just take a moment to recognize some of those mentors and helpers that have helped you on your journey. And what were your key takeaways from them that you'd like to share with us? Sure, man. Um, So the one that I mentioned earlier, and I'll I'll, I'll wrap up with my dad, because I think he's kind of the keystone or the cornerstone. Um, of a lot of my beliefs and a lot of the reasons why um, hopefully someday I will be able to, you know, impact those 10,000 people's lives at a very high level. Um, The first mentor I mentioned, um, when you join like a network marketing company, uh, are you familiar with network marketing? Somewhat. Define it for the audience that isn't. Okay. Most people call it pyramid schemes. Like that's, 
that's what and i say that because um it's like where you 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 become affiliate of like a company yeah and you kind of buy in right and then your job is then to acquire customers and other distributors for that company so that they can get whether it be like their service or their product into the marketplace and it's honestly one of my favorite business models in the world because it allows everybody the same opportunity to be like an entrepreneur right and be their own boss and and not have a cap on their income which is incredible in a capitalistic society so i love it a lot of people like to call it pyramid schemes because a lot of people try it and it doesn't work for them and then they blame the system right they which hey come on now right self responsibility who wants to do that um and that's the reason like i say like i tried network marketing and i failed and you know why i failed me not because network marketing doesn't work but because mm -hmm. i wasn't the right person at the time to have that level of success so the met when you sign up like in a network marketing company there's these people at the top okay that's why people call it like the pyramid right and they're the ones that are the OGs, like they started that distribution line. And that's the reason why your friend approached you and said, Hey man, there's this great product. Like, do you want to help me distribute it? And you're like, yeah, that sounds great, man. Let's do it. Um, the guy at the top is oftentimes like a multimillionaire, right? So when I joined the network marketing company, I got instant access to millionaires, which is pretty cool, right? Like that's a huge benefit. So one of those individuals became a mentor of mine. It was actually an old high school football coach. Crazy. That's how I heard about it at the time. Yeah. And I got reconnected with him and he just totally like, first thing he did with me was like share Jim Rohn, right? Like, hey, listen to this audio. And then I had another buddy who was successful in network marketing that was my same age in a different company. And he shared the same audio. And he's like, hey, dude, re you know, listen to this audio. And it was like Jim Rohn's, um, who in my opinion is like the godfather of personal development um just going ham for like an hour on an audio tape and i remember sitting in my ex-girlfriend's backyard in san antonio texas listening to that audio tape and i was like i never done per like that level of personal development before or thought about the world and that perspective before in my life i remember listening to that and putting like my notebook down and taking my earbuds off and sitting there looking into like the trees being like holy shit, what did I just discover? Like there's unlimited potential in the business world. I never knew that. I'm just a coach. Like I thought I was just supposed to work for the Houston Texans and be a professional strength and conditioning coach. So that was like the level of impact that first mentor had, if that makes sense. That makes um, sense. Do you remember the name of that Jim Rome like audio for like you, you, you left a big teaser. People are want, wanting to listen to this. What, what is it? Dude, Do you know I actually, the title? I have it on my bookshelf. Um, the notebook. Yeah. Um, so this is a journal. Um, this is the first journal. Because like, I don't know if y'all journal, right? Journaling is yeah. kind of cool. I didn't, do, I didn't journal back then. This was like the first journal that I literally took the notes of that audio in. Because that's what Jim Rohn said in the beginning of the audio. He said, get a journal and take notes. So I was like, oh, I got to go find a journal. And I had this tiny little one tucked in my backpack. <laughs> um, okay, so it's, it's building your network marketing business with Jim Rohn. So like, right. you, you know, if you're not in network marketing and you're just a business person or somebody pursuing a successful career, he literally spends like an hour and a half just talking about philosophy. 
not network marketing, just mindset. And it's just like an hour and a half mindset training. So y'all listen to it and let me know what you think, but it's incredible. Mm -hmm. So that was your one of your mentors, Jim Rome has another. So let's continue to go down, let's recognize some mentors that helped you on your path. And what were your takeaways from them? So, man, I could go for hours on this topic. So I hope you can just keep the timer running. I'm kidding. Um, some other ones that have had a big impact. Um, hold on. I didn't want to cough in the speaker. Um, COVID-19, everybody, it's real. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, that's a good question, Derek. Um, you know, Jim Rohn, like, dude, I'm not kidding you. I nerded out on his content for like a, a year and a half. It was all I listened to. And it really helped me start thinking differently. Um, Mr. Rocky Bose is the guy. He's an actual person that I know, my old high school football coach. And him and I, you know, would go through this material together. And then he's like 50 something years old, right? He's my old high school football coach. Then we would connect and talk about it. And he had built uh, a multiple six figure business and network marketing before. And he was showing me how to do the same thing. So like we had tons of late night conversations um, and stuff like that about business and about philosophy and mindset that really helped me shape that entrepreneurial spirit that I had buried deep down inside me. Um, and I'll always be thankful for that. Always be thankful for that. And that's a huge part of the story. But some other mentors, there were some other individuals in that company as well that were like, you know, multiple seven figure um, people. And I, I had multiple conversations with them as well. Um, was able to kind of do business with them in an aspect of the sense, like, you know, going to meetings and driving to Dallas and Houston and meeting these people and, and, and putting prospects in front of them um, to hopefully, you know, recruit new distributors. And I learned a lot from that experience. So that was like a whole branch of mentors outside of that, like being it on it, I obviously had, was fortunate to meet like a lot of the coaches, right? So let's talk about coaches outside of the business world, like Dr. John Russin, um, who's just been like a huge part of my um, growth journey in terms of just listening and watching what he does, right? Like I've had probably only a handful of conversations with the dude, but I just have so much respect for him because I see him trying to do right by the industry. So he's probably another big one in terms of coaching. Um, and then my dad, like I mentioned, just when I grew up, we had like a weight set in the house. I think it was in the garage or I don't know, it might've even been in our game room because we had like a separate game room as kids. I was very fortunate growing up. My parents worked very hard um, and he would be pumping iron, man. Like he'd be lifting weights in the morning, in the evening, throughout the day. He was a federal agent, just a total badass, like the bald headed dude with like the dark sunglasses and like the suit and tie that you see in the movies. That was him, but it was like in suburbia, Austin. So it wasn't that cool. He's got an <laughs> ego issue too, but we won't talk about that. Um, but anywho, like I'd see him like working out all the time, right? And I saw the way he treated my mom and I saw the way that he coached us in football. He was like our football coach growing up. And I saw the way that he interacted with people in our community. And I saw that he was just kind of viewed as like a leader and as a, uh, you know, a badass, honestly, like, he was. And I always looked up to that. And I always wondered, like, why was he working out so much? And why did he look the way he looked and like his charisma and everything about him, people noticed. And that's when I started really attaching like, the other 23 hours to that one hour you spend in the gym, because like he was always working out, 
always working out, taking care of his physical fitness. And he always looked good. He always dressed well, clean shaven, haircut, you know, brushed his teeth and, and was always very polite and a gentleman. And I just remember thinking like, dude, I'm going to work out all the time because he works out all the time and I want to be like him. So I owe him a lot because he was like that early mentor to me, although we didn't even have like really a cool relationship when I was growing up because he was very strict. Like I said, he was a federal agent. So it was almost like militant. Um, my parents ended up getting divorced when I was in high school and he loosened up a lot. And I actually got to know him a lot as a person as I grew up and him and I have a very close relationship today. Um, mm -hmm. My mom and I have always had a close relationship because when they split up, I moved in with my mom. So yeah, man, just wanted to share that because he's a huge part of like the physical fitness side of me and why I just continuously tell people, hey, you need to train your ass off in the gym because I know it's going to make you a better person in those other 23 hours. Mm -hmm. So you've been around such high level elite coaches and leaders. What are the commonalities that you see amongst these coaches and leaders? And who is the coach and leader that you want to become, Tyler? It's a great question, man. Um, podcasts are tough for me because it's like me talking about myself and I want to ask you like questions back, but uh, I appreciate you. Um, and I want to hear more about where you want to take this as well. Maybe we can do that after the episode, but mm -hmm. um, commonalities that these people have um, that I've, that I've noticed, right. That I haven't read in a book. Cause we all know there's like, Atomic Habits and High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard. People have written books on what characteristics and personality traits the most successful people in the world have. So I don't want to speak on that. Stuff that I've noticed. Uh, polarizing perspectives. 100%. And I think that's kind of a part of marketing. But I mean, look at on it, right? Like I was there. That was a successful business. Do they, are they mainstream? Absolutely not. They swing metal balls on a pole in circles, right? Like that's not mainstream fitness, right? That's definitely uh, a polarizing point of view. And they took a stance on that and they believe in it. And they're like, this is truth. Like this is the way. And I think that's a huge characteristic of being that person, um, being a leader is saying, hey, you've tried that before. That's, that, that's a, a bad route to take. It didn't work for you. Follow me. I know the way. And just having like a unique opportunity for people to follow. So I've noticed that like with any business or with any leader that starts a movement, um, that's kind of a synonymous thing. Mm -hmm. So through it all, through all these lessons and learnings, what has been your greatest life lesson learned so far on the path, Tyler? Uh, greatest life lesson. Damn, dude. Hitting me with it. Hitting me with it. Um, I want to give you an honest answer. And I would say, personally and professionally, I think we've talked about it too much, but... You, you really, it's not beating a dead horse because of how important this concept is, is that happiness is obtained in what you become, not what you get. Like that's been the biggest lesson for me that I've learned, but also that I've experienced. Excellent.
Um, I'm going to keep on hitting you with it. Um, you talked, you talked about all the beautiful relationships you've had in your life. Um, Ronza, your family and your mentors. What have they taught you about love? What does love mean to you? Damn dude. Um, and it's funny. I have to, I have to call you out on it because Rania will kill me. It's Rania. It's not your <laughs> fault, Derek. Listen, Anytime we go to a restaurant or we go to Starbucks or whatever, and they like write her name on the cup, dude, we've got like 30 different combinations <laughs> so far. So it's not your fault. I just wanted to, to let you know. Um, people yeah, say in Texas, right? People in Texas are like, Rainia, Rainia, you're hot. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not it either. Um, Sarah, yeah, I wrote it. I wrote it down and I didn't write it down right. So I've been saying that. So thank you. <laughs> You're good, thank dude. You. You're good. I'm not like, once again, I no, just think that's it's good. Funny. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, sorry, the question you asked, I, I'm, I apologize. So, what have you learned about love? What does love oh. mean to you? Um, okay, so if I were to like, just be cliche and, and quote the Bible, right? Like love's, you know, love is kind. Love is, it, there's a whole verse on it. Okay. And, and really what I take away from it, and I can't name the verse off the top of my head, but it's something that a lot of the people and the mentors in my life have, have embodied is that, um, I don't know, in, in America right now, Derek, like with politics, okay. Like I'm sure you've probably seen it there. We've had some stuff going on, right? Mm -hmm. for for a long time okay number one like the media will make anything look like a dumpster fire but i don't know what it is maybe it's social media or maybe it's just the access to more media channels now but a lot of people are very aggressive right now and it's a hostile polarizing environment politically in america and what i've learned about love the mentors that i have it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if you're gay, black, white, Mexican, from Canada, from Africa, don't speak my language, don't believe in what I believe in. Love is kind, love is generous, love does not judge, right? And ultimately who I learned that from is Jesus in my opinion, the greatest leader of all time. And I think that's really what he tried to teach. But I think humanity um, has just kind of fumbled the ball on that. And even some of the religious leaders over time have condemned and criticized and judged others. And, you know, I'm just a personal believer that, that you know, Jesus didn't teach to do any of that. He was, he hung amongst the sinners. He, he blessed people that didn't even deserve to be blessed in our eyes right as humans so i just think that's an interesting topic but like love to me and it's a challenging thing to do okay when somebody cuts me off in traffic i get irritated all right okay like i'm not saying i'm not that person or when somebody does wrong against my family it really really gets under my skin but love is like i said it's it's something not of this world like you're supposed to love your enemy Seriously, like that's what it says, right? That's what ancient literature says. So that's my philosophy on love, man. It's a challenging thing to do, but I try and embody that and I try and be more loving because that's like one of the three words that I repeat to myself daily. Why do you think I repeat it to myself? 
I have a tendency to be a judgmental asshole sometimes, just like mm-hmm. anybody else. So I have to mm-hmm. remind myself to come from that place of, of service and gratitude and heart. Mm-hmm. And well, with that awareness comes choice and with choice comes opportunity for great change and what a power that is. Wow. Can you repeat that? Um, with awareness comes choice and with choice comes ability for great change. Wow. I love that. <laughs> That's something that I've learned myself on my journey. Um, Man. So through it all, you've always maintained your faith. And for you, faith means Christianity and faith means something different for all people listening. And maybe Christianity, it may be Buddhism or it may be just that capital F. Um, how do you recommend and how do you personally keep your faith amidst all the chaos that is going on in this world? But this chaos is always there, I believe. There's always darkness and there's always light, no matter what the situation. If you want to find darkness, you, it'll be there. And if you want to see the light, it'll be there. But how do you maintain your faith? Man, that's so good. And it's so true, too. Um, When the entire world wants you to think differently, it's difficult to do, okay? Like everything of this world, and I think you just mentioned it, wants you to see the darkness. And, and, you know, darkness sells. Negativity, if we could call it that. Negativity sells. Negative headlines carry there was a study done on psychology human psychology i think like 70 percent more than positive right just a negative headline not even the story that comes with it 70 percent further right you can reach seven times ten times more people with negative news than you can with positive so like of course we're predestined and hardwired to view everything as a threat or and that's why we recognize negativity right survival So how do you maintain faith? Going back to to kind of what we discussed earlier, man, like you have to, Jim Rohn said it best. He said, stand guard at the door of your mind. And what he meant when he said that is he was like, you you have to control what comes in. That's it. Like just control, like vet it, right? Hey, is this going to serve me or is this not going to serve me? And if it's not going to serve you, then try and separate yourself from it. But some people are in a situation where they can't, right? Their environment sucks, right? Either they live in poverty, they live in, in the hood, or they, they didn't come up with the same circumstances that I did, right? Or mm-hmm. they're, they're in an abusive relationship, whatever it may be, or the, the friend group that they have is like, hey, dude, you want to start a podcast? You're an idiot. You don't have anything valuable to say. Whatever it may be, some people are stuck in that situation, and I bring this up because instead of vetting and, and focusing on like distancing yourself from the negative, another thing you can do is you can build up so much positivity in your life that you laugh at the negativity because you've just become such a positive person. And like I said, built up so many belief systems that support that tabletop, right? I kind of view it as a tabletop, like the legs of the table supporting that belief the legs of that table are like stories, experiences, content that you read, all the things that you put into your brain. So if, you, if you're unable to separate yourself, what I would encourage you to do to maintain faith is to build up a, a habitual practice to where you're like, you mentioned meditation, if that works for you, um, reading, reading more positive content, watching more positive content, listening to podcasts while you drive in the car that are positive enforcements to your life.
Mm -hmm. So as we close, um, there's two questions I ask every guest and it's come the time to ask these two questions to you. So the first question in three words, Tyler, how will you, how would you describe the experience you are having on this earth? And that's the first question. That's the first question. Oh man, I can't. The second one, what's the second one going to be? Uh, oh, the second one, the second one, I'm going to hit you with my biggest, oh, my biggest strike yet. Let's go, dude. Um, how would I describe my experience? Blessed. Absolutely blessed. Um, without a doubt. Um, like I said, greatest time to be alive. Most oppor opportunistic time to be alive, to create whatever you want to create, to not create what you don't want to create. The decision is yours. The power is yours. Nobody's telling you what to do. 300 years ago, men settled in the greatest country in the world and started democracy, which has revolutionized the history of mankind and afforded guys like you and me to be able to do stuff like we're doing today. So I just feel blessed. And I come from that perspective because, hey, man, if I was born like what, 1400 years ago during like the bubonic plague or whatever it was. I'd rather deal with COVID now than that then, right? Like yeah. I'm signing up for 2020 for sure. So blessed, that's one. Yes, sir. Do, do you need more? Three words. Oh, three. Okay. I got three for you. So loving for sure, right? Like loving is one of those words that I repeat to myself daily. Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate to be loved. Very fortunate. Like my mom loves me. Like actually Facebook's embarrassing. Y'all go follow me on Facebook. My mom's the only one that likes my stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like my generation's like Instagram, right? So I spend a lot of my time there, but I do put content on Facebook a lot and I don't, I don't know, whatever. That's funny. So I've been loved, right? My mom has always been there. Um, I've had people like my brothers, we don't agree on a lot of things, but they love me still, right? So I kind of learned that perspective of like, hey, we don't have to agree on everything, but we can still love each other. And I've just been fortunate to experience love from my, my creator as well, right? To feel that and experience that. So definitely love. And then the last one I'd have for you, um, blessed, loved, and challenging. Yeah, I, I believe that with great, with, with great power comes responsibility, right? I think Batman said that. Um, but it's true. Like, you know, Derek, with this podcast, like you probably feel a higher level of responsibility and that poses a challenge sometimes to prepare and to make sure that you're um, ready to host guests and reaching out. And, and with that opportunity that I mentioned and being blessed and living in today's society, you know, it's also very challenging. Um, and I, and, and I, I think the challenge you mentioned awareness comes from change or causes change, right? And that change mm -hmm. is what causes progress. Mm -hmm. I think that, that that's the challenge, right? Is to view it that way. And, and I've been fortunate to be kind of like on the same wavelength as you to think about it from a positive perspective. Because there's a lot of people right now that actually do think the world's on fire and that actually do think that they're living in hell. And that's the reality. And I feel, I feel for those people. Like I get it, I really do. And I, I just encourage those people to reach out because it is a challenging time to be alive. Like it's not all roses. And that's kind of why I say challenges. It's not all roses all the time. It's really not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blessed, love and challenging. And that leads us to my final question for you today. 
Um, we played around with time. We rewound time and examined your origins. And since we're, I believe we're all magicians and I'm a magician, I'm going to fast forward time and I'm going to fast forward us well into the future. And we're going to bring ourselves alongside an 85-year-old Tyler Gerbs. What is that life that 85-year-old Tyler is living? What is the legacy that you've left? Wow. And that's probably the most challenging question anybody's ever asked me. And I say that because when I talk about vision, for me, 10 years is a long time. So much can happen in 10 years, right? And I'm only 25. Mm -hmm. I'm almost 26 years old. I feel like I act like I'm 38 or 40. And the majority of the people that I surround myself with are that age, actually, which is kind of weird. But to think 50 years, 60 years into the future, is challenging, but I can tell you one thing, right? If I have an answer for you in terms of legacy, um, I simply just want to be able to look back on my deathbed. And when I die, I want to have the people that I love around me. And I want, you know, the, the, the founder of Walmart, did you hear his story? And I, I don't want to get sidetracked. No. And this, I heard this from, from a mentor, right? So this isn't a direct source, but when he was on his deathbed, he created Walmart, dude. Like one of, that was the biggest company in America at the time or whatever. I don't really know the backstory, but he was surrounded by his family. And he, he said on his deathbed, if I could go back and do it again, I would spend more time with the ones that I loved and not work as much. And I'm like, whoa. Like when I heard that, I was like, dude, that's crazy. Like how many rich people, wealthy, successful people, think that when they're 80 years old and they look back and they're like, damn, I was never there for the birthdays or for like the, the lunches or the non-work related things. I wish I could go back and change that. That's kind of a big one for me. Um, so finding that balance in my life to be able to look back at 85 and be like, Hey, like I still built the massive organization that had the level of impact that, you know, I believe God put me here to do but I also had successful relationships. I also was able to find time for my health and achieve the physique of my dreams and do all the other things outside of business that I want to do. So that would be it at 85. And then lastly, when I die and I, I go to heaven, I, I believe that I'll have a, a, a conversation with my creator. And I just simply want to be able to look him in the eye and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Right. For him to just be like, hey, you did what you were supposed to do. You didn't follow the darkness. You followed the light. And that's super powerful. And that's kind of like the ultimate goal for me at the end is just to make sure that I'm operating within, you know, why I'm here and my ultimate purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I want you to picture this 85 year old Tyler Gerds in your mind right now. Someone that who has lived a balanced life that is still in what good health with a great physique they've built their massive organization they're surrounded by loved ones family children maybe grandchildren and someone that is really proud of what they've accomplished i want you to picture this 85 year old tyler girds in your mind and i'm not going to leave us there at 85 year old tyler girds i'm going to bring us back to the now i'm going to bring us back to the present moment which we all we have and that 85-year-old Tyler Gerd sends you a message. What does he tell you? 
like a text message whatever message you want <laughs> that that you could hear what does that 85 year old tyler gerd send to today's tyler gerds man dude that's such a good question um he's probably gonna say get it figured out man figure it out do whatever it takes to figure it out right like He's not going to tell me what I need to do to get to where I'm at his point, but he's going to encourage me and he's going to just tell me, you need to go figure this out because it's worth it. I can tell you it's worth it. And, and you need to keep thinking the positive thoughts that you've been thinking and battling the negative ones that you've been battling because you're on your path and you will find the answer, you know, and how to build your, a massive organization while also having a good family life right or how to take care of your long-term health and physique even though you're working 100 hour weeks you'll find the answer for all of those things as long as you keep searching i think that's what he would tell me Mm -hmm. this is it you're doing it you're in the progress already you're here you're now enjoy it tyler girds and (laughs) i'd like to thank you so much for your time i've got to know a lot more about you and Um, I'm leaving this conversation inspired and empowered as I'm sure everyone listening will be as well. Where can they find you? Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me on too. Like um, I've been on a few different podcasts and Derek, I got to say, man, like you're an incredible interviewer and um, I really respect what you're creating here because I think that it really can help a lot of people. Like there's probably people that didn't resonate with what I said today. And I'm happy for that because they're, finding out what, what works for them. And they're becoming more self-aware of what they believe. And you're the one providing them that opportunity. So you inspire me, dude, like that's big time. And I have my own podcast, the 23 hours podcast. You guys can follow me there. If you like to listen to podcasts, um, it's a solo podcast with a guest every few weeks. Um, Derek, if you want to come on, let me know. Um, but you guys can follow me there and, and I'm going to, Honestly, I'm inspired, Derek, by you to continue adding value through that medium because today was super powerful for me as well. So thank you. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Gains with Gerds. Um, that's kind of like who I call myself um, in the marketplace as Gains with Gerds because Tyler Gerds isn't catchy enough. Right? <laughs> um, and then you guys can follow me on YouTube at Gains with Gerds as well. If you're looking for video content on personal development, fitness and nutrition, Um, then you guys are more than welcome to do so. But thank you again, Derek. You're welcome. And to close every episode, we bring our fists together for digital fist bump because we all can be winners. And it starts with that choice. It starts with that step forward, having that faith over fear and just knowing that we can because we can. That's right, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. And that is a wrap on today's episode.